Cheers, folks. We are here at the end of Loki. Today, we are going to tackle the final two episodes, five and six. You know who it is. It's Chase and Josh with Factor Fantasy. That's Chase. I'm Josh. And we are really excited to close out. And it seems like we did it so quickly, too, right? We're really excited to close out Loki as a whole before we jump into something new next week. Uh, I know last week, if you guys are joining us for the first time today welcome last week we did cover episodes three and four of the first season of loki of course i'll go ahead and give a quick recap before i let chase kind of dive in into episode five before we do that though i'm going to turn the floor over to chase see if he has anything he wants to say before we uh cheers up and get into it yeah man i'm excited uh you know it's it's really awesome to see how this is going to close out today uh, definitely something we waited for, and it's definitely going to change the Marvel Universe forever as we know it. <laughs> so, uh, same thing behind me. You know, I got the same thing. Got a wanted poster of Loki, and we got uh, the Time Variance Authority sitting behind me next to him. And let's let's do it, man. Let's get a malice in the chalice and kick things off. Sounds good, my man. Here's the little... Tap her through the screen at you. Cheers, my man. Um, after we do this little Malice and Chalice cheers, I'll give that little recap, and then you will take it away. So uh, Malice and Chalice to you, my guy. Malice and the Chalice, brother. Off to the pit of misery with you. All right. So just to kind of give a brief overview of what we went over last week with episodes three and four, uh, basically... We have them, we had Loki and Sylvie, uh, they had this sort of run-in with the TVA, they transport themselves to this planet, uh, unfortunately Loki didn't really know where he was taking them to, he just hit something on the tempad, and we find out that they're on this apocalyptic planet, well I guess the moon, called Lamentus 1, and that uh, it's under attack by just the meteors crashing in because there's a planet crashing into a moon so it's like two space rocks is what planets are moons are just hitting each other and destroying uh themselves and so uh as that's going on they they kind of come up with a plan of how to try to get the 10 pad back recharged since it was out of batteries when they landed in there they're kind of stuck um they end up finding this woman who just decides to die on her own in the civilization her husband's gone uh, she, but she did tell them like the the key to it was getting to the Ark or what's called an evacuation vessel, and the way to get to that is through this train. So they jump on this train trying to get to the Ark, and uh, what they want to do initially originally at the Ark is they want to recharge the tent pad. That's the whole point. It's like who has a power source strong enough to recharge a tent pad? So anyways, they get on this uh, train, and you know, this is where we kind of get a little heart to heart with uh, Sylvie and Loki. They get to know each other a little bit more. Chase was saying like maybe that was where like the very seeds were planted in their in their budding relationship or whatever it is that they've got going on and then um, anyways Loki causes a scene on the train big fight they uh, get knocked out of there and then Loki gets thrown out through the window and Sylvia has to jump after him because Loki has a temp pad and he goes to pull the temp pad out and now the temp pad's destroyed so they can't even recharge it on the arc and they think they're screwed until they come up with a plan where okay this is what we're gonna do. The Ark is actually destroyed in this timeline, but we're going to get there first before it gets destroyed, and we're going to get it off the launch pad, and we're going to escape on the Ark. So they go there, try to do it, uh, but ends up they're too late. Doesn't happen. 
the the meteors from the planet it's crashing into come down take out the ark before they get there there is no option they have zero chance they cannot get off the planet that that closed out uh, episode three then going into episode four and what ends up happening is that little budding connection of them when they were holding hands there at the uh, end of time in that timeline caused a huge nexus event which allowed the tva to know exactly where they are they came in took them custody loki tries to tell mobius again about you know how the tva is lying to them how you know they're all variants they had like a, a past before the tva and it you, we think it's kind of mobius thinks it's kind of still bullshit until you know uh he tries to ask about c20 ravona gives a very suspect answer and then even b15 who was enchanted before she starts having some weird uh you know thoughts about it too and she, well, we've mentioned before she's pretty strict so anyways uh they put loki in like a time cell he's on a continuous loop while they interrogate him they go over to sylvie b15 breaks protocol takes her out there says like hey what did you put in my head you know she's like i didn't put anything in your head i just showed you stuff that was already there and so kind of really really kind of building into this theme that the tva isn't what it seems to be and so uh when mobius goes back to ravona to try to get permission to uh well i guess that was a congratulations to close the case i guess i could say against uh sylvie since they captured her um he wants to ask about c20 again she's very off about it and he knows something's weird so he switches to temp pads and he learns the truth for himself that they ended up having c20 executed because she learned the truth and she wanted to tell everybody and they couldn't let that happen so now mobius is against them he breaks uh, loki out of that time cell they're about to get to work until they are stopped by ravona and the minutemen he gets hit with the charge uh, the prune charger the prune nightstick whatever you want to call it and mobius is gone there uh, as of what i would know in that point in time they take loki and sylvie prisoner they bring them up to the timekeepers b15 makes her entrance tosses a sword gets them out of the collars they fight them all off uh, and then sylvie throws that dagger that blade and takes off the the head of one of the timekeepers turns out oh well these timekeepers are actually fake they're mindless androids they actually aren't they aren't in control of everything like the tva has been telling everyone so now we're left with the question well who really is in charge and you know as loki is kind of bracing himself to tell sylvie something really important ravona gets up off the ground and hits loki with the pruning stick and loki is gone and and then sylvie kind of takes that away from ravona and says you're going to tell me everything and then that kind of ends out the episode until the after credit scene where loki lands somewhere and he's surrounded by like four other variants of himself and so that was like a quick little recap of everything we covered last week I'm gonna kind of turn it over to chase here to take us into episode five i'll close this out with episode six we'll do our debates and say goodbye to the series of loki for now until it comes back in season two so without any further ado i'll turn it over to chase and uh I'll have you take it through my man yeah man so episode five you know i always like to give the title names because <laughs> i think they're cool so journey into mystery one thing side note about cool about this is uh, this is actually the title of one of the loki comics so they actually did take that right from a loki comic so that's pretty cool but so as you remember just like josh jay nelly said we had that little clip at the end where loki wakes up um so loki wakes up here and there's four other versions of himself around him just like jay nelly said at the end of that clip so then it shows the timekeepers the head and overview of like the destroyed city it's showing like all the destroyed city and stuff and then you see this like shadow monster thing so we learn what this is called later but it looks almost like a 
a panther thing <laughs> like in the smoke and you see like the glowing eyes what would you call that thing I called it a gigantic swirling purple cloud monster. That's what I called it. I know <laughs> we, we know what its name is, but yes, it did kind of take the shape of some sort of beastly looking thing. Like, I don't know, mother, maybe like you were talking about a panther or even a dragon or whatever it is. It definitely looks sinister with the face that could finally form. But to me, it was just a swirling gigantic purple cloud. It was very angry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah purple cloud. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I guess we'll call it a tiger because we already have dragons and then Black Panther. We'll give it its own <laughs> until we uh, say the proper name. But it roars. It's like roaring in the back. <laughs> yeah, that giant purple cloud, right? So, But then we see, standing around Loki, the alternate versions of himself. Are we have old Loki. We have this, uh, I call it warrior Loki. He's like this big African-American guy. So- How would you describe him? Yeah, what it was actually like on the subtitles, it calls it uh, boastful Loki, is what they they called in the subtitles. So there's the older Loki, there's boastful Loki, which is the, and like it kind of makes sense as the, as the episode goes on when he starts making outrageous claims and what he does. So that's what they called him in the subtitles. So that's what I stuck with. Love it, works for me. Boastful Loki, <laughs> and then we have a. Uh... Kid Loki, I called it. Is that what he was called in the subtitles? I know you watch it with subtitles, so uh, they didn't have a name for him in like the subtitles. So yeah, like Kid Loki for sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, for so Kid Loki, Child Loki, hello Child, and then we have uh, Alligator Loki. So Loki's an alligator now. <laughs> Pretty fucking weird. <laughs> in the words of like, uh, have you ever seen the movie Teddy's? Like that's fucking weird but okay whatever (laughs) yeah like i'm gonna go with it but they and you know it's loki because they all have the like antlers do you call them antler horns like like the antler crown yeah yeah it looks almost like the baratheon crown but not as cool um, but uh, uh, by the way too the old loki that's actually one of the old like if you actually look at each of them those are actually the actual costumes they wear in the comics, like which is pretty cool. I thought it was a cool little uh, toast to um, Stan Lee, rest in peace, the legend. Um, but so they call this place, old Loki calls it the void is where they're at. So everyone that gets pruned, this is where they go. And this is where we learn what that big tiger is called. And they call it an Eliath. Ooh, almost like Leviathan, but not. <laughs> it's badass. So, and uh, he's that's where he says, and we're his lunch. So, come on. So, they go follow old Loki and all the other Lokis, like, follow each other with Loki behind. Sylvia, at this point, we see it goes back to her. She takes the Tim pad from Rovana when, is it Rovono? Rovana? What's her name? Ravona, Ravona. I was doing so good with names too when I said tiger and alligator. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so uh, Ravona tells her that the entire reality has been destroyed, and how does it feel to be on the other side of it? And Ravona tells Sylvie that Loki isn't dead yet, and basically to wait, because when someone moves into a branch reality, it's impossible to destroy all of its matter. They move it to a timeline where it will won't continue growing but that branch timeline hasn't reset 
is just transferred to the void and at the end of a time where every instance is at the void time stops ravona then goes on to explain uh to sylvie that she's willing to tell her this information because she wants to know who is at the top of everything and that she can help her if she trusts her so now we know just another what we kind of thought we're more assured by this that something's going on where someone's behind this the timekeepers weren't the answer they went out too quickly like snoke <laughs> snoke <laughs> yeah keep going yeah, yeah no the only thing i was gonna say to that as well is that you know she's telling her that loki's still alive but basically that there's no way to get him back in a way because what she says like the dogma states that the end of time is still being written that the timekeepers are transforming it into utopia whatever the real reason nothing ever comes back from there talking about that void so it's like she's almost contradicting herself in a way she's like oh if you, if you like trust me i'll help you out like we can go get loki but like nothing ever comes back from the void so like how is that really gonna be helpful and you can start to see what ends up happening and how it is a yeah, well, I'll let Chase kind of go into it after that. But, uh, yeah, so go ahead and tell him what Ravona does. Sneaky Ravona. <laughs> what does she do? Sneaky Ravona, yeah. So, um, well, first, real quick. So, uh, so uh, Kid Loki, do you have anything in between here? When Kid no, Loki... no, yeah. Yeah, we're okay. back to the Lo- yeah, we're back to the Lokis in the void. Yep. Awesome. So, Kid Loki then tells Loki that this is where realities and people are sent by the TVA. Old Loki says that they're alive because Loki survived because he's asking them okay well how are you guys still here if you've been here for years going back to the point like Jay Nelly was saying think about it like their timeline is way different than ours <laughs> he's been here for years right and he just said Loki survive and they were all pruned by the TVA at one point Loki asked kid Loki what his nexus event was in this part was terrifying it was almost like a serial killer he just turns around and goes killed thor and then just walks off like you just killed probably one of the most powerful avengers (laughs) and that's why you were sent so the one dude that they thought wasn't threatening at all (laughs) is probably the most dangerous one any thoughts on that yeah dude and like this like maybe th- and this is the person that i thought that the original loki variant that they were chasing back at the very beginning episode i thought this is who it was going to be like this kid loki like the most dangerous like of all of them and he is uh so i thought that i thought that what ended up being sylvie was going when they put the hood down it was sylvie i thought it was going to be this year so i'm so glad that they brought kid loki in at least in, in this aspect too but there's a couple things there i thought were important to notate right before that happened um, with that that shadow monster purple cloud thing, uh, Eliath, they tell him like Eliath ensures nothing ever returns. What it, what Eliath is is a living tempest that consumes matter and energy. So that is what Eliath is, and the TVA sends entire branched realities to the void, and they are devoured in an instant by this thing. So it's not even just the people that they prune. Remember those reset charges that reset timelines. Those timelines that get destroyed come here too, and Eliath destroys those timelines. So I thought that was definitely important uh, to notate there. So um, I'll let you go ahead and continue on. Well, did you catch that? Did you catch that Easter egg? That they that 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 thing there. I don't know where I'll you're let about you to go, go into it. I, I don't okay. think I have it. So I'll let you. Okay, go so it. there was a cool, cool Easter egg. 
that after Loki, after the kid Loki tells, like, we find out he's the most powerful out of the group since he was the one that killed Thor, and that's what caused his Nexus event. When they were walking across the, like, wasteland or whatever, uh, at 8 minutes and 48 seconds into this episode, you guys can go ahead and look it out on Disney Plus yourself, there's, like, a ruined helicopter, and painted on the ruined helicopter is the name Thanos. It was really, oh, really cool. Badass. So, that yeah, you guys really want to... Cool. And, it, and it's, like, not even small. It's pretty noticeable. It's, like, all in big, bold, black painted letters on the ruined yellow helicopter. So, again, 8 minutes and 48 seconds in, you'll see the name Thanos on the ruined helicopter. So, I just I wanted to throw that Easter egg in there, and I'll let you continue on with it. No, that's sick, man. That's awesome. That's badass. I'll have to go. I think I saw it, but I didn't notice it as close as you did. I just saw, like, the black on the helicopter. That's badass. Um, so, at this point... So then we cut back over to Ravana, Ravono. What her name? What's her name? Robin? Well, it's Ravona, but <laughs> I, I, I think there's another Easter egg too. Almost right after that, that I think is important to notate. Like, so remember when they they enter that underground bunker? Talk, we're talking about the Lokis back in the void. All the Loki right. variants. They enter the underground bunker, and when the the camera pans down, do you remember what we saw there? On no, like I mean, the big pile, they had Thor's hammer, and then. Like right oh, that's right. They did, yeah. Right, right underneath Thor's hammer, like was it called Majolnir or something? But uh, uh, right, Maginor. Yeah, whatever it's called. Uh, right underneath that, they had Thor inside, like like mini Thor inside this glass. Like, it almost looked like one of those things you remember the old school days where you'd go to the bank and you'd put something in like a capsule and it would shoot up into the thing. It was like one of those, but like it was like a, a glass one of those, and a, a tiny little Thor was trying to bust out of it to get to his hammer so i don't know if you guys realize that or not but that was a big easter egg as well like thor's hammer there like the hammer was full size outside of that glass capsule but inside the glass capsule like thor was the size of a mouse trying to burst like like, use his power to burst through and and couldn't so definitely keep an eye out there for there as well people that's bad that makes you even wonder if any of that's ever going to play into something that (laughs) happens much later on that's that's awesome that's really badass um so at this point, I have uh, Ravana, Ravona asks uh, Miss Minutes. Remember the orange clock we were talking about weeks ago? Uh, for the restricted minutes on the beginning of time. And she was even like, that's a kind of a tall order. And she's like, no, this is important. And uh, so we know something's going on here. Uh, then Sylvie suggests for files from the end of time, but Ravona says it's impossible because it's still being written. Sylvie explains that because of this, this is where the must, they must be completely undetectable, but they would have to get past the void in order to do that. So basically at the end of time, like basically they need to get to the end of time. Correct me if I'm wrong. I want to make sure I got this right. They needed to get to the end of time, but they can't. There's nothing at the end of time because nothing's being written yet. But past the past the void is the end of time, right? So yeah, yeah, kind of. It, you're, you're right there. It's it's pretty pretty close. So basically, like the the end of time hasn't been written, but as of right now, the void itself that they're in is the end. And that's where Sylvie says, "Well, what if the void isn't the end? What if there's something beyond the void?" And then you know we'll learn next episode. You know a little bit about that. So yeah, right there with it. Perfect. Awesome. So then at this point, 
Uh, so Miss Minutes suggests that to get to the void, just use, this is where I feel like they pulled, pulled this part out of their ass. She's like, why don't you just use the void spacecraft? <laughs> okay, whatever. I'm going to take it for whatever it is. So they have a void spacecraft now. <laughs> they can get in to go there. <laughs> so, all right. I, I guess this was developed earlier, I'm assuming, from where well, they were pruning people. I don't keep, know. Keep in mind, like, this is what I thought, too, at this point. But then we find out in, like, two seconds, like, now a little bit longer than that, I guess. Like, what is the real truth behind that? So go ahead and... Awesome. Yeah, and you'll be able to capitalize on that <laughs> when you go on to next episode. Well, not but, even next um, episode. That happens like right, right now. Like we find out about that void spacecraft. It's like, yeah, it happens well, right yeah. here. Okay. Well, so did, did you have? Did you yeah, have that, or do you want me to do it? Did you? Did uh, you have you're that? going to that part. The okay. Spacecraft. Yeah. So basically, yeah, the, the weird like because I was in the same mindset as Chase here. Like when we talked about this thing. Oh, conveniently, there's this void spacecraft out of nowhere. Oh, <laughs> you mean the prototype that have? Like I, I agreed. I was like. I was very frustrated. We're just pulling this out of our ass for sure. Like, like, oh, well, now you said nothing. Like, literally, Ravona told us that nothing can come back from the void. Oh, but now we've magically got this void spacecraft. Like, I really thought that that was what they were gonna do. Um, so basically, like, there, there's no coordinates of the void on the tempad to lock onto. So that way, they that that's what Sh Sylvie wants to do is lock coordinates on the tempad and get to the void. But there is no coordinates. Uh, so. Ravona says that's suicide and Sylvie says okay well you know I guess I can kill you now since you're not being useful and then that's when like they talk about the voice spacecraft and this is a cool little quote here she said find Loki find the man behind the curtain and kill him so it's like a little foreshadow and then what ends up happening is Sylvie calls her bluff there was no such thing as the void spacecraft thank goodness because it was gonna gotcha. like, like, like it was all it was all a lie like that was the whole thing behind it so it was a it was a ploy it was a way to stall for time and uh so that's when like the guards burst the door so all that talking about the void spacecraft talking about mrs minutes trying to pull the files for the beginning of time and end of time all of that was just a trick to stall for time so the guards could get to ravona and, and you know say you know basically help her escape from sylvie's captivity Okay. So, See that, that makes there sense. Was, I was yeah. like, "What the hell is going on?" So there's actually <laughs> is no void spacecraft. Thank goodness, because I would have been really pissed and annoyed by that. But yes, there was <laughs> not. It never existed. It was just a trick, just a trap um, to get uh, Ravona help from the guards. So that's it. Perfect. Awesome. So yeah, right at that point. So during the meeting, Ravona betrays her, and the TVA attempts to arrest Sylvie, but she escapes and jumps to the floor upstairs where she's basically trapped and surrounded at this point, uh, where then we cut back over to the Lokis, and boastful Loki says he he was sent there because he vanquished Captain America and Iron Man, <laughs> yeah. then took all six Infinity Stones, <laughs> like and then that's when the alligator gets all pissed at him and starts growling. Right. So now you see why they call him boastful Loki, right? Because he's like talking to all this big shit about the stuff that he's done. But one part that we definitely need to hit on before that happens is still back with Ravona and Sylvie and the TVA. Because, you know, she makes a decision, Sylvie does. She could have tried to fight her way out, but she decides to do it the way she initially had planned by, quote-unquote, going through the void, and she mm -hmm. prunes herself. 
So she prunes herself, herself before yeah. we before we go, and they're like, "That's a big moment." So she's got the temp pad on her, and she jumps up, and like the guards think they're gonna have to have a to fight with her, and she turns the pruning stick around and hits herself, and so now Sylvie's pruned, and that's a really big moment because obviously she's it's gonna go to where it's gonna come into. But yes, I'll let you go back to like the bunker with the Lokis and boastful Loki talking his big nonsense and all that good <laughs> stuff. No, that was perfect. Yeah, you're right. I for some reason I slid down on my notes a little too far here, <laughs> taking notes on my phone. So yeah, I was thinking it was right out. Of, yeah, you got that right. Yeah, self prune, and that's a big part for later. So I'm glad you brought that up. I was just uh, gonna let them magically believe she just transported there because that's <laughs> what Loki's do now apparently. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, perfect. So after that, then old Loki says that when. Uh, he casted a projection of himself. The real Thanos believed it, and this is how he beat the original Thanos. Then he faked his death, then simply, simply drifted into space and stayed on a remote planet in isolation. But because he got lonely and missed Thor, it was missing, missing these people, the minute he stepped off the planet, the TVA arrived. And that's how he got there. So, once again, just showing how they've been there for years. Um, so, at this point, uh, he says... So, they say that they're basically cheersing to each other that they've been down there. And they said, because we must be friends and have only one role to play. And they all cheers together and say... The God of Outcasts, because <laughs> they're all stuck down there together. So I thought that was fantastic. Um, but Loki stops them for a minute and says he wants to go back to Sylvie and reminds the group that the only way back is to kill the Eliath. <laughs> He's like, who's with me? We're all going to kill this Eliath. And long story short, they just start laughing their ass off at him. <laughs> like yeah kill the Eliath okay <laughs> like good luck man that's all well, on you it, it's not yeah. the Eliath the name of the creature is Eliath so Eliath, it's just Eliath yeah. Like, yeah, like, yeah gotcha. that's it like Goliath but drop the G <laughs> love it okay so um, Loki then climbs up to the top of the surface and is basically like screw this and as he's climbing up to the top out of this bunker this is when he sees the other version of himself with people next to him. And I called it politics, Loki. <laughs> what would you call it? What did they call it on subtitle? Yeah, I called him President Loki. I don't know, like, what he was running for. He probably maybe just a governor. I just, I just called him President Loki. But, yeah, like, he, he was surrounded by, like, 18 versions of himself as he opened that bunker. They're all Loki <laughs> variants. So just interesting, like how some of the variants, like the four that were down there, the alligator, boastful, old, and kid Loki, were like considered quote unquote good. Well, we'll learn about if all of those were good in like ten seconds. But like, um, it was it's funny how there was so many more of like the bad Lokis, right? So like right. That, that's a kind of cool thing about the variations. Like some of them are going to be good, some of them are going to be bad. But th of Loki, there was very few quote unquote good ones, and even less actually in the next couple minutes that we're going to talk about. So. It's perfect. Love it. So then we cut back to Sylvie and where just like Jay Nelly said, she self pruned. I was going to tell you she just teleported magically. <laughs> she just thought of a place. But yeah, she self pruned and then wakes up 
where there's this like broken down school bus. It looked very Walking Dead to me. <laughs> like it looked very zombified. Everything's overgrown. Like there's grass in the school bus coming out of the windows. And she wakes up and then sees an Eliath outside. Uh, and then it's like an abandoned junkyard <laughs> that's like storming. Like all these cars that are abandoned there. Uh, she uses her magic and then sees a vision of a palace and then r runs to a moving car as this Eliath is chasing her. So, um, and then in the car, we can kind of get a glimpse of something similar. We're not exactly sure, but it's coming close. We're, so we're trying to see what's going on as this car is like about to chase her down. And then as it gets closer, he's back, baby. Count Chocula, Peter Pan, it's Mobius. Fuck yeah, your boy is back. The boy is back in town. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So Mobius is here. And then, of course, we see this like Egyptian pyramid thing through the Elias. I thought that was cool because it shows like all these different things back in the history of time, like you were saying. But how many years it's been in this place. Um, and then I have... So inside the bunker, Loki, politics Loki, is trying to strike a bargain with the other Lokis. And this is when the gator Loki or alligator Loki bites him. And then it starts this huge brawl that occurs. Occurs, well, let's let's right? talk. Let, like, let's let's put that into like the correct sequence of events. Is because it is, it is kind of <laughs> yeah. funny. Like it is kind of funny how it goes. But yeah, I, only one last funny thing I'll say about the Mobius and um, and Sylvie thing is like he's driving away from Eliath, and I said he's doing he was doing his best Jeff Gordon impersonation, trying to outdrive the purple cloud monster. But uh, anyways, <laughs> no. But um, to go back to the underground bunker with all the Lokis. So all the Lokis that arrived. Are that that were at the top of the bunker when our Loki tried to leave, they're all bad ones, and so it's basically two factions of Loki are about to fight. And what we learn here, and why I needed this to to be stated, is that the boastful Loki, the one in like the warrior armor, he actually betrayed the other three Lokis, and he made that back alley deal with them that we're about to learn about. But anyways, remember he like he grabbed his his weapon and put it up to Kid uh, Loki's neck yeah. and and you know basically double crossed him. So he actually backstabbed them and gave their locations to the bad Lokis in exchange for shelter and supplies. And in exchange <laughs> for those shelter and supplies, boastful Loki was supposed to receive the, ar the um, President Loki or politics Loki's army as well as uh, the throne. So uh, he double-crossed them, but then politics Loki double-crossed him and said, nope. And then the other Lokis double-crossed the politics Loki and said, nope. And that's what I thought was so funny. Like, we had three layers of double-crossing, right? So, Boastful Loki double-crossed Kid Loki. But the politics Loki double-crossed Boastful Loki. But the army of Lokis double-crossed politics Loki. And it's just an all-out warfare now. And that's why I wanted to put that in there. It's really, really important, but it's really funny. And it shows you the nature of Loki as the god of mischief. It's just another another perfect depiction of character. So that's all I wanted to add. I'll, I'll continue on. No, with that. it was great. Love it, man. That was awesome. Um, so in this big brawl they're having going back and forth, like this free-for-all that's basically like the Hunger Games, 
or uh, what's that game they play now? Fortnite. It's basically the Fortnite of Loki's at this point, right? Uh, so Loki winds up uh, escaping by walking through a time door that's conjured by old Loki. So Loki convinces the others eventually to help him approach the Eliath so he can find Sylvie so he has a chance to stop the TVA. And then it cuts back and Sylvie tells Mobius that she thought if she pruned herself, she would have found Loki. But now all that matters is finding out who is behind all this. And since she didn't find him, uh, then they need to go back to the Eliath. The angry cloud (laughs) is what I put in parentheses. So back to Loki again. So Loki and the old Loki and all the other Lokis that followed. (laughs) So all the Lokis here, all the Lokis that came out of that battle, uh, they see this Navy ship that appears in front of the Eliath. And what they're saying here is the ship is going to wind up being a distraction because the Eliath is going to attack this ship first. And uh, he eats, <laughs> while he's eating it, they're going to basically sneak around it like a diversion during the meantime to try to get past it. And then as this is happening, a moving car is approaching, and Loki and the others are realizing who it is. Sylvian Mobius, the boys are back together. <laughs> the so, gang's back together now. Yes. Oh, yeah. So the, the sequence there is pretty right, but there are some small details in there that are really important to talk about, Like especially when he mentioned how Loki escaped through that magic door that the old Loki made. One mm-hmm. thing that showed us is that means that the old Loki has the most developed magic out of all the Lokis, and that's going to come into play like later on in the big foreshadow way. But also, um, I thought this was really interesting that Loki believes that Sylvie is the only chance of stopping the TVA, and that's what our Loki tells the other Lokis. And apparently, that's just good enough for Kid Loki, even though he's only known our Loki for an hour. He's like, good enough for me. He literally said those words, good enough for me. Like, you've known this guy for like an hour. <laughs> like, he just comes in and tells you this plan. You've been on, like, how long has Kid Loki and the other Lokis been stuck on this void, in the void? Who knows how long, right? This guy comes around for like two seconds and, oh, yep. I'm in. All that right. sounds good. Like I thought that was kind of ridiculous. Uh, but the whole thing was uh, that I thought was important too as it kind of cuts back and forth between the Lokis and Mobius and Sylvie. Uh, Mobius actually apologizes for hunting Sylvie. He, he tells her like, you know, all the years he realizes it was a mistake because the TVA lied to him. And so that's what he was doing was just kind of his job. But he realized his mistake and apologized to Sylvie. And I thought that was pretty cool. But like you said, Sylvie wants to figure out who's behind all this. And that's when they go back to Eliath. And then that kind of cuts us back to Loki, who says what they're going to do. Because Eliath is a living, breathing thing. He says, we're going to find Eliath's heart or brain, then kill it. And then that talks about the warship that you were, you were saying that fell from the sky. Eliath attacks that warship just like the Loki said he would because that's a new biggest shiny thing so Eliath attacks that warship but what I thought here what I think you should have mentioned is that these men aboard try to kill try to kill Eliath by firing their cannons into it yeah and all the cannons that hit the the you know angry cloud Eliath thing there uh it didn't do any damage at all and because of that Loki has to rethink his strategy this whole warship was able to fire off five or six cannons into Eliath and it did no damage at all to him, and it just destroyed and devoured that warship. So 
it's like, oh, it's not as easy as going inside, finding his heart and brain and killing it. Like, there's going to be some shit we got to do. But, yes, then I'll cut it back to you with that nice little family reunion with Mobius and Loki and Sylvie all together. I'll, I'll turn it back over to you. Oh, awesome. No worries. Uh, yeah, so Loki, family reunion time. So Loki introduces Sylvie to Mobius uh, and Mobius to the other Lokis that are there. So then Sylvie tells Loki she's going to enchant the Eliath so that then they can get past it and find out who is behind everything. So I'm sure they were thinking at this time, like, how the fuck are you going to do that? <laughs> That's a big ass cloud. But OK, just my side thought there for you. But then we come back over to Ravona and she walks into this chamber where they're keeping I called it the TVA captain. What's her name? B something? B15. B15. So B15 is being held hostage there for releasing uh, Sylvie. So Ravona wants to know what drives Sylvie. And the B15 tells Ravona that she will never find out before Sylvie, who is behind everything, because Sylvie needs to know, whereas she just wants to know. So even she is realizing that sylvie has this drive to find out what's at the end of everything ravona then asked miss minutes for all the files on the founding of the tva uh which is once again miss minutes is like that's a tall order and she's like well someone's whoever's at the end of this is threatened like we need to know so miss orange clock goes and finds tries to find the files (laughs) and um so at this point Loki and Sylvie have this awkward kind of fun flirtatious moment with the blanket. So it's blanket time. <laughs> yeah, anyways. So um, he conjures a blanket because it's cold outside, puts it on both of them. And then Sylvie says she just doesn't know how to have friends. And Loki says he betrayed everyone that's not who he is anymore. And he won't let her down. So he goes to, he's trying to tell her that he's basically grown through this whole process of everything. Um, and then Loki asks her if they could start to figure it out together. So you definitely see it's this full circle moment now of this spark that started back when they were getting drunk, singing the, the ancient song. <laughs> I thought... Yeah. I thought it was kind of funny too because you remember like when it's first started and they're sitting in the grass, they're kind of playing that game where like, they're not going to be the first one to say it. Like they, they're going right. to pretend they don't like each other. Like I'm not going to say. It. Well, I'm not going to say. It. Like, they, like you know, like they were sitting there pretending they didn't like each other. Like when they obviously did. It reminded me of like high school, like that when you were a little bit nervous to make the first move with the girl, and obviously the girl's nervous to make the first move with the guy. And so it's like sometimes relationships just wouldn't happen because no one was brave enough to take that step in there. They didn't want to. Uh, uh, they didn't want to face the fear of rejection, and that's kind of exactly what these. Uh, Loki variants were doing being Sylphie and our, the Loki that we know you know going back and forth they playing that little song and dance there and I thought that was that was kind of fun oh it's perfect it reminded me of the Hercules song no chance no way I won't <laughs> say it <laughs> that was great uh, by the way it also made me think of just like you're saying elementary school I still remember one of my friends back in the day like he really liked this girl on the four square court when we were like in third grade and then I was like oh did you talk to her that you like her and he goes yeah i ran up to her i said i like you and i ran away i was like what did that do (laughs) i was 
like, all right. But to your point, that's exactly like what this is. Like they're both tiptoeing around the obvious, right? No one wants to address the elephant in the room. So Sylvie says earlier when the Eliath hit her, she caught a glimpse of something. So we have this big full circle moment and linked to it. If she can enchant the Eliath, it will take her to whoever is behind all of this. So remember when we were talking about the glimpse of that palace, that's going to come up big later on. Loki then tells Sylvie that he is staying, and if she goes, he goes. So we're all in this together once we know. <laughs> Jay Nelly, our boy. <laughs> exactly. High school musical, just like... Jay Nelly said, we're back to high school again. <laughs> oh, yes. Here they go to save the day. Here she comes to wreck the day. <laughs> yeah, let's do it, man. Okay, so it's game time. So at this point, so we have the rest of the Lokis are saying that they're also, they're staying as well as Kid Loki. He has like this hand on that golden dagger, another kind of like symbolism there, I guess. And he hands it to him and says, you're going to need this on your journey to go on. And that's going to play a large role later on. I almost think like, what do you think about this? Do you think this gold dagger is going to become like a big, like, do you think this dagger is something he's going to carry with him into the future Marvel films? And we'll start to see this as kind of like a, a low key icon. It's very, that's a very good question. I don't know. Uh, it seems because remember what Loki, Kid Loki's Nexus event was, he killed Thor. So maybe that golden sword, dagger, whatever, how, like, whatever you want to call it, maybe that golden sword is kind of what Thor's hammer is to Thor, but that for Loki. You know, it, I, maybe yeah. that is his signature of a, him being the ruler. Since he's since he's the one that killed Thor, he's the rightful you know king of Asgard or prince of Asgard before Odin dies because he was just a kid at that point in time. So he had to have killed Thor when Thor was a kid, meaning Odin's still probably alive. So I would say, yeah, maybe that that is his, uh, you know, instead of the the hammer, the war hammer that Thor has, maybe that golden sword is what you know the the Loki who wins. Uh, his his trademark. I don't know. That's a very good question. Uh, it's very possible. It's badass. It's like the dark saber of Loki's. That's <laughs> sick, man. That's awesome. Um, so then old old Loki just says, "Fuck you all. <laughs> good luck on your journey. I hope you don't die." <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, because I said I hope you find what you're looking for. I'm gonna go go on this island on my lonesome again because i like to be lonely because one is the loneliest number <laughs> anyways he goes on his merry way mobius conjures a time door with the tim pad mobius looks at him and says looks like you got away in the end well he says i always do what will you do at the tva mobius says burn it to the ground <laughs> then uh he just says, thanks for the spark. See you later, Loki. And as Mobius reaches out to shake Loki's hand, Loki grabs him and hugs him and says, thank you, my friend. And Mobius whispers to Sylvie, you're my favorite. <laughs> and Mobius walks through the time door. What an awesome moment was that. Because it's, I think this is where, 
Here's a question though. Do you think Mo do you think Loki was really just happy that Mobius helped him get him what he wants, or do you think he really sees him as a true friend? I think at this point he sees him as a true friend. Like in this in this moment, for sure. I think so too. I have to agree on a hundred percent. Um so then Sylvie tells Loki when a branch appears, the Eliath will focus on it. And when she he does, she will enchant it. So Loki makes a distraction to the Eliath. This is weird. He's like, Woo, I'm over here, Eliath. Come follow me. A glorious purpose time. <laughs> and like the Eliath like follows, right? So he makes a distraction. He burst. This was badass. That knife that he was just given by Kid Loki, he burst into flames. As it begins to swallow Loki, though, he's about to swallow him whole. Old Loki conjures the palace that we were seeing the glimpse of earlier that Sylvia was seeing when she enchanted everything. And that's exactly like the vision. It looks just like the Wizard of Oz. This <laughs> is what I wrote down. If you've ever seen the Wizard of Oz, looks just like it. Sylvie then tells Loki he has to enchant it because Sylvie's powers is okay. Listen, we're not gonna <laughs> slide. We're not gonna slide past this like it was just no big deal. Like, I, like, I <laughs> legit, here, like, baby. I, I legit put in all capital letters like when Loki tries to cause that distraction and fails. It said, "Old fucking Loki uses badass magic powers to restore the city and cause Eliath to focus on him with all the energy he's conjuring." But plot twist, and this is a cool part of the thing too, that whole city he's conjuring and bringing back together, like the palace and everything. I wonder, I don't know if that was supposed to be Asgard. I'm not sure. but um, It looked very similar it, to it. So it could have really been, good. right? I like that. Yeah. So as he's like putting it together, you're thinking like he's just restoring the full city. And remember what they said earlier, it's a full circle moment. Eliath goes after the biggest things first because it's catch, catches eye and he wants to prove that he can, you know, he's the dominant force there in the void. So he attacks all the big stuff first. So he goes after that city, but it's all a projection and illusion. The city actually really isn't being restored. It's just a full projection yeah. and illusion because, as you see, he tries to bite through it, and it's like a hologram. It's amazing. It was really fucking cool. So well, I did not want to undersell that at all. That was a really awesome moment. One of my favorite moments in the series as a whole. So yeah, go ahead and continue on from there. But we were we were not just gonna slide past that. That's, that's <laughs> no telling chase, you. no ch Shout out to my boy Mike. He's always like, no chase. You go and chase. <laughs> You're gonna tell this part, chase. <laughs> yeah, no, that was awesome. Me over here. I'm like, yeah, it looked like Wizard of Oz is pretty cool. I guess. <laughs> it was no, it was no Drogon burning down a city so i mean yeah it was what it was <laughs> it is what it is <laughs> no that was awesome that was badass so uh then sylvie tells loki so explain this to me maybe i didn't get this part like her powers were they just it was just too much for her to do on her own i'm assuming right yes yeah she's a, she's she sucks <laughs> she needed some help <laughs> so it sounded like needed loki in there maybe big daddy chase could have done it all by himself probably could have done it all by himself maybe they would have had thor you wouldn't have had this problem have you thought about that have you thought about that nope because kid loki killed him and then the other one put him in a jar <laughs> that's what happened <laughs> anyways so sylvie tells loki that she she can't enchant it alone he's gonna have to enchant it so Loki says he doesn't know how, but she says he does because 
were the same. End quote. Badass moment there. Showing that they're the same person, just two different genders. It was awesome. Then the Eliath begins to engulf the palace. And this is where it begins to disappear. Just like Jay Nelly was saying, it was a hologram this whole time. So old ass man, old ass old man Rivers conjured the palace because he did the same thing he did to beat Thanos years ago because he's so good at making little illusions and running away like a little little biatch. Thor wouldn't have ran away. Just throwing that out there. Thor wouldn't have ran away. <laughs> anyway, it's uh so at this point, Sylvie grabs Loki's hand. Uh, and Loki can't hold it much longer. But then they begin to enchant the Goliath together with their super Kamehameha enchantment thing. It was like, Kamehame. I'm just kidding, I didn't say that. But then the palace disappears. Old Loki falls back and laughs because he knows he's going to be overtaken by the Goliath and just shouts, glorious purpose <laughs> full circle moment baby that's why i said that episode name right when we started a couple weeks ago glorious purpose his glorious purpose was to die all those years he was running away like a little biatch and then see you later your purpose has been served sir and <laughs> he begins to muster what enchantment power he has left and the Eliath swallows him and leaves nothing but a Loki helmet. <laughs> and you get this, oh shit moment, baby. Fuck yeah. Just a little helmet. Almost like a little Thanos snap, only there was no ash. There was no ash. <laughs> oh yeah. Finally, so the Eliath turns towards Loki and Sylvie. Dives at them to swallow them both. And then they enchant it at the last minute and its eyes... And the entire cloud turns green and vanishes. And then Sylvie tells Loki to open his eyes. And a castle with a light at the top appears. And that takes us to episode six. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Woo! Let's go, baby! Let's go, Wizard of Oz! No more. Now you are off to see the real wizard <laughs> oh yes sir yes sir what are your thoughts and takeaways from that episode yeah i thought that part was a cool little full circle moment there was one part in here that i wanted to touch on i i, I just started in my notes because i um i wanted to make sure that i had mentioned this quote that sylvia said this is back when the the Mobius and Sylvie all ended up together and like they drove to the Lokis and they had that little nice family reunion we were talking about. This is like a quote that she said. Sylvie says, I think the person we're after is beyond the void at the end of time. And if they are, that thing, referencing Eliath, is just their guard dog protecting the way in. And so then when they enchanted it and it split open, that was a full circle moment. She was hundred percent right. So I thought that was really, really badass. In terms of what I thought about the episode as a whole, it's got to be the best one to this point. You know what I mean? The reason why I say that, like we, we get people who are supposed to be dead. They're actually alive in this void. It almost reminds me of like a purgatory in yeah. most you know, other, you know, whatever basis of uh, sacred beliefs. There's like some purgatory type of deal. And you know, just, they're just there waiting until Eliath destroys them and consumes all matter and time and all that good stuff. But it, it was it was great 
We got to see Sylvie sacrifice herself to get to Loki, but you don't even know what, what her motive was. Was it to get to Loki? Was it to, but was it really though? That seems to be part of it. But honestly, I think that her motive was really to find the person behind everything. And she had an idea that that's where it was going to be, that there was something past the void at the end of time. And that's what she told her bonus. So like that part played a huge role. And then we got to see all these cool Loki variations. And I thought, and I, the thing I mentioned too, about how they all betrayed each other in that big bunker fight down there, just like the true nature and character of what Loki is, that they got a mischief coming into full play. Then you have some great moments of like the good Lokis, like the kid Loki giving uh, our Loki that we know that that golden sword, and then the old Loki sacrificing himself for the greater good, which is something regular Lokis don't do. That's why he yelled glorious purpose, like ah, he finally did something that you know is out of character for Loki. Loki, what's his main? They they, they said it multiple times throughout the episode. Their main prerogative is to survive. Well, this old Loki went went against that for the greater good and really saved the day, really because. Yeah. You know, that thing would have destroyed them before they had the chance to enchant it without old Loki doing that. And the fact that they mustered enough power to enchant this uh, this angry purple cloud called Eliath that was just destroying time and matter. We saw eat a whole warship with cannons getting blasted at it. It didn't do a thing, but they generated enough power between the two Lokis, being Sylvie and the Loki we know, to stop this whole thing. And now we see beyond the void at the end of time, there is this castle... That is going to play in a big role here. It's just so many cool things, action-packed, telling about, it keeps us going along, and this awesome storyline keeps our minds going, bringing in different characters from different time periods in terms of the variations of Loki. Like It was awesome. It was my favorite episode to date uh, before we get into yeah, you know, the one I'm going to take over here. So that was my takeaways on this one. What, what were yours? Yeah, no, I thought it was great. I thought it was excellent. Um, I mean, not only do we actually see... I love the detail that went into it too. Even like hearing about the full circle moments about the Loki variants and how they got there. And then just like old man Loki, like he really did fulfill his purpose there after all this time. Um, and then we learn all about the void that's, that's there. And finally we have this full circle moment where like our heroes, right? We always call them our heroes get back together with each other to save the day. So, I mean, it was it was excellent. I thought it was great. Uh, best episode up to this point. Um, this is kind of like, we always call it the pre-climax. This is like uh, the cave and half-blood prince, and now we're about to stop right on the astronomy tower. <laughs> so, uh, I'll let you take it away, brother. It's great stuff. Yeah, dude, and like... The other thing I wanted to say is is this is an amazing way that Marvel's been keeping this theme going that Chase and I have been talking about over the past uh, couple months since we've started Season 2 of our podcast here, is that Marvel's really bringing this theme of villains becoming the protagonists. Because remember, Loki and all Loki variations are supposed to be bad. Like They're supposed to be bad guys. Like, our Loki tried to take over New York City, dominate Earth, and you know now he's the one we're rooting for to overcome this. Thing. So it's like it's very similar to what they did with Venom. You know, they're looking yep. into... I know I know that Venom is not a Marvel film, but... Uh, um, well, it is a Marvel film, isn't it? What, yeah, what is, it's Marvel. Yeah, it's it's just, Marvel. Uh, it's, in, it's, it's made in, it, with Sony as well. Yeah, there, yeah, it's in collaboration with. That's what I was yeah. trying to think. So, like, you know, that's what... Like, we're start, there's, they're staying on this theme of making classic antagonists the protagonists, and it's really cool the way they, they're kind of switching it around. So, no, I loved it. But, yeah, I mean, I guess with that, I'll just... 
dive right into the very last episode of season one of Loki, uh, episode six. And I normally don't give the title of the episode because I don't generally care that much. But this one I did put out because I think it, it is really important, especially it comes full circle here towards the end of this episode. But anyways, this uh, episode is called For All Time, comma, Always. And so the episode opens up with Loki and Sylvie approaching the castle doors after enchanting their way past Eliath. Uh, they're trying to figure out if, how they're going to go about you know, opening this castle door. Sylvie kind of has a little, uh, I don't say mental breakdown, but she has some apprehension trying to figure out because all of her life is leading to this moment. So, But before they can even decide how they're going to try to get inside, the door opens of its own accord. And then we have that fucking orange clock again, uh, Miss Minutes. She uh, pops up and says, Welcome to the Citadel at the end of time. And uh, Miss Minutes refers to the person behind everything as he who remains. So what the, she's basically offering a deal. So Miss Minutes says, He who remains is offering Loki and Sylvie uh, a compromise or a deal that what he will do is he will reinsert Loki and Sylvie back into the timeline in a way that won't disrupt things and in a way that lets both of them get what they want. So he would make lo- make it so Loki would win the battle against the Avengers in New York. He could kill Thanos. He could have the Infinity Gauntlet. He could have the Throne of Asgard, everything he's ever wanted. And what I really think this is is a really huge test to Loki's character to see if Loki really has changed or not. And I thought that was really, really cool that they kind of put that to him right there. And what's really funny about this series is it really is supposed to follow... Sylvie as the main Loki here, but it really kind of shifted to our Loki as having all those sort of wants and desires, because all that he was going to say he was going to do for Sylvie was like she would wake up tomorrow with a lifetime of happy memories, and what they would do as well, this is, this is, again, this is Miss Minutes really just relaying the message from He Who Remains to these people, who said like they will put them both together on the timeline, so think, they think everything's going to be happily ever after. But uh, the trade-off to that, and like the what the Miss Minutes and He Who Remains get out of the deal would be that they would let the the TVA continue on doing its work unbothered. So that that's the thing. Hey, you guys can everything everything you want. Put you in the timeline together. You can do whatever. Like you can have the best life imaginable. But just leave us alone here, the TVA, to continue our work. That's pretty much the deal and bargain. Um, but Loki says, "We write our own destiny now," and they decline the offer. And so now the scene jumps to Ravona in her office, and she's waiting for the files to download pertaining to the beginning of time and the creation of the TVA. Miss Minutes shows up and downloads files that are not what Ravona asked for. And so, but what the reason why Miss Minutes gave these files to Ravona, she says, he who remains thinks it will be more useful. And I think this could be a really big foreshadow. It doesn't really come up to much to play by the end of this episode. But what were those files? That's a good question. You know, I might ask that towards the end a little bit. Anyways, it goes back to Loki and Sylvie. And they're walking through the castle searching for this guy who is known as He Who Remains. Um, they're in this, I would say, the, I don't know, the castle room, the throne room maybe. I don't know. But uh, the the door opens from like behind and a smiling man in a purple cape approaches He's making jokes and quips and brushing off like the intensity of the moment. He's very carefree and and loose and just uh, he just seems like he doesn't care about anything. It's all a joke to him. 
but he invites them back to his office. Uh, in the elevator, Sylvie tries to attack and kill him, but he remains. He has this thing on his hand that like, kind of allows him to warp time at breakneck speed. It almost reminds me of like the Flash being able to move at you know supersonic speed, but it's not an ability he has. It's because of this this uh, thing he has on his hand that allows him to control time and manipulate time the way that he does. So they get to his office and he pours them, I don't know, tea or coffee, whatever it is. Uh, again, he's so like laid back and chill about these two people who are there to kill him. <laughs> and he's not worried about anything. He really doesn't care. Um, and then so after he pours that, they all sit down. The scene cuts back to Ravona's office and she gets a blast from the past because Mobius enters. And which is for her, this has got to be like seeing a ghost. Cause remember she thought that there is no way back from the void. She's like, remember she, that's what she told Sylvie. Like there's no way to come back from the void. Well here Mobius is in the flesh back from the void. Uh, but she tells him that she had him pruned so he wouldn't get in the way of their mission. And he asks what mission since the timekeepers are fake and all the people in the TVA are actually variants. And she refuses to believe all of it was done for nothing though. So like there again, on, at, different ends of the spectrum you know she thinks that there's got to be a bigger purpose behind all this and you know like almost as chase says sometimes you know the gellert grinderwald slogan for the greater good that this is all being done for and and mobius is on the opposite side of like no dude like we have no like we're we're being controlled we're being lied to or like we're not even living our own lives that are being lived for us um anyways so she calls in security but mobius was a bit ahead of her there and why I mean that, because all of a sudden this scene cuts to Fremont, Ohio in 2018, and it has Minutemen who are pursuing uh, Hunter B-15. And Hunter B-15 leads them into an office. And what's really cool about this is we have Earth Ravona walk out. And so they, they are confused now because they say Judge Renfault Meaning they think it's the they think it's regular Ravona from the TVA, and she's just a regular teacher. She's got no idea what's going on here, and so it really is kind of throwing these Minutemen for a loop. Um, yeah, he's a bit he's a bit in shock because Earth Ravona doesn't know them. And I Isn't said that here that full circle moment. By the way, I'm about to say it right now. <laughs> I think if you're talking what I'm talking about too, yeah. like the camera pans down and you see like on the desk. There is a canister of like things that you would hold office supplies, and you see a bunch of pens in the office supplies. Is that the full circle moment you were talking about? Yeah, I just went. I didn't want you to skip over it. <laughs> oh, perfect. I wasn't skipping that. I I, I, I was very excited about that, man. Uh, so yeah, so I said the pen from episode one comes full circle, like we knew it would, and uh, that she worked at Franklin D. Roosevelt High School, and that's where the pen had come from from episode one. So, uh, anyways, the scene takes us back to Loki and Sylvia at the castle with he who remains. And he's kind of goading them and, you know, kind of trying to get underneath their skin. He tells them that they can't kill him because he already knows what's going to happen. He claims to know it all, have seen it all, and that he's paved the road the whole time. So he says he has the rest. He says he, he like knows the rest of everything that's going to happen. And what he's trying to do, basically, is attempting to turn Loki and Sylvie against each other by playing on their inability to trust and their skeptical nature. That's the whole deal and shtick that, that's kind of happening. You can see him, you know, manipulating the situation. And before anything more happens there, it goes back to Ravona and Mobius. And Mobius tells her that it's time to tell the people who stay at the TVA, like the TVA is a whole lie. Ravona attempts to leave through a portal through her temp pad that she had. 
and Mobius tries to stop her by pruning her, but she's too strong for him, disarms him, and takes the pruner with her and walks through the portal door. So where did she go, number one? And two, like, what information does she have from those files that were downloaded from Miss Minutes? Those are some questions that we have and we're left having right there at that point in time. And uh, from there, the scene cuts back to Loki and Sylvie. And he who is remaining, I'm sorry, he who remains is telling them that even though his actions were de- deceitful, the mission stayed the same and that without him, everything burns. So Loki asks him, like, why is he afraid? And he responds that he's afraid of himself and that he has been given many names over the years. And some of the names that he was given over the years were like ruler, conqueror, other ones too. But like, like that, there, that one right there is a big foreshadow. I just wanted to touch on that one as what uh, a name that has been given to him over the years. And that's going to be a little foreshadowed for the end that we'll we'll have some fun with. Um, <laughs> and then he who remains kind of takes Sylvia and Loki through a brief history lesson about a variant of himself who lived in the 31st century. He said he was a scientist and discovered that there were universes stacked on top of his own. And at the same time, the other versions of themselves were learning the same thing, that there were other universes as well. And they ended up making contact with each other. And that there was peace for a little bit. They shared technology and knowledge and using the best of each other's universes to improve the other variations of themselves' universes as well. But the flip side of that was not every version of He Who Remains was good. To some of his variants, the new worlds meant new lands to be conquered and peace between realities erupted into all-out war. So each variant was was fighting to preserve their universe and also to annihilate the other variants' universes, and that was almost the end of everything and everyone. And we learned that the first variant of himself that he mentioned encountered a creature from all the terrors and the reality that the the multiversal war caused, and the creature that was capable of consuming time and space itself was the quote-unquote guard dog, Eliath. So he who remains harnessed the beast's power and began experimenting on it. He weaponized Eliath and claims to have ended the multiversal war. And that could be a key foreshadow of things to come in Marvel as a whole. So that was really interesting that he said that he ended the multiversal war. And we've seen this term come up so many times now with so many different works recently. You know, in Venom, it came up at at the end in the after credits scene. And Loki had come up. And Spider-Man No Way Home had come up. And we know the title of one of the Doctor Strange uh, movies that hasn't hit yet. The Multiverse of Madness. Like, this is this is coming. Like, thing, and they, But the thing is, Loki came before these things were mentioned. Loki came before Venom. Comes Came before Spider-Man coming out here soon. And also, obviously, before Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. So, like, this is where things are originating. And this is why this series is so important to the future of Marvel. But to kind of jump back into it, he remains isolated to his timeline and managed the flow of time to prevent any further branches, which is where the TVA came in to kind of manage that to make sure they stay on that timeline that he's created. Now, he believes since his timeline was the one that prevailed, that he is the one who brought cosmic harmony. And he even says, you know, he remains an interesting quote from him. He says, if you think I'm evil... Well, 
just wait until you meet my variants. And that's going to be a big foreshadow too. Uh, so basically, He Who Remains gives them two options. Stifling order or cataclysmic chaos. That's the choice. Like, you kill me, everything goes into cataclysmic chaos. But if you, you know, if we stay here, like, it is stifling order. It's going to go my way. So these are the two options. And this is his quote that he says. He says, you may hate the dictator, but something far worse is going to fill that void if you dispose of him. And he remains, says he's lived a million lifetimes, gone through every scenario, and claims this is the only way. And that kind of reminded me, like a like a quick reference to Doctor Strange with his fourteen million six hundred and five <laughs> things he's gone through, or whatever. Uh, but anyways, uh, Sylvie offers a viewpoint that this all could just be a lie. Like she's like looking at Loki. He's like all this that he's saying like could be a lie. And so Loki even kind of confronts him. He's like, so you just continue to prune innocent timelines? And he remains says, no, you two would. That, that is now like the, the deal that is on the table. There are two options that either kill him and destroy what he's built, meaning the TVA and the sacred timeline, and then have an infinite amount of quote unquote devils come through the void that breaks off from the sacred timeline into the crazy multiverse or he gives Loki and Sylvie the option to run the whole operation. And Loki himself, he doesn't believe that he who remains would give up that control. But he who remains says that he's tired and he's older than he looks and that this game is for the young and the hungry. He says he's gone through a lot of scenarios trying to find the right person to take this spot and it turns out that the person was two people, Loki and Sylvie together. And so he remains, again, to quote him, says, So no more lies. You kill me, and the sacred timeline is completely exposed. Multiversal war. Or you take over and return the TVA, return to the TVA as its benevolent rulers. And Sylvie says back to me, he's like, You've treated real people's lives like some kind of game. And then something kind of rumbles in the distance beyond this citadel, what they call like the citadel at the end of time. And that's when he who remains says, we just crossed the threshold. We're kind of left wondering, what the hell does that mean? Like the, this thing rumbling in the distance, we knew it had some sort of importance and he continues on, he continues on and divulges that he lied earlier when he said he knows how everything is going to go. He actually only knew everything up to a certain point and that point was a threshold they just crossed in that rumbling in the distance. And from right here on out, he has no idea how the rest of this is going to go. So that's pretty badass. Kind of really cool. And so Loki, to quote him, says, So that's it? That's it. This is what happens at the end of time? And now you're just going to sit there with all that freedom and let us decide your fate? And he who remains says, Yes! 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 What's the worst that can happen? You either take over and my life's work continues or you plunge a blade into my chest and an infinite amount of me start another multiversal war and I just end up right back here anyways. And Sylvie says, no, it's just another lie and another manipulation. And this is where he remains, removes the time manipulator from his hand and sets it right on the table and basically puts the, the ball in their court. You guys are going to decide from here on out. 
So Sylvie jumps right up to kill him, and Loki stops her. Then Loki and Sylvie kind of fight each other, and they are of two different mindsets. Loki thinks it could be the truth, and they should consider the offer. Sylvie thinks he's just lying, and that they should kill him outright. And to quote some of the dialogue between them, Loki says, I know the TVA has hurt us both, but what if by taking him out, we risk unleashing something even worse? All I'm suggesting is we just take a minute to think about it. I promise you, from my heart, this isn't about a throne. And Sylvie replies to him, What was I thinking, trusting you? Has this whole thing been a con? And Loki says back to her, Really? That's what you think of me? After all this time? Sure, why not? Evil Loki's master plan comes together. Well, you never trusted me, did you? What was the point? Can't you see? This is bigger than our experience. And Sylvie says, Why aren't we seeing this the same way? And Loki responds to her and says, Because you can't trust, and I can't be trusted. And Sylvie says, Well, I guess we're in a pickle. And Loki says, Wait, Sylvie, wait. And Sylvie attacks. And now Loki and Sylvie, who are supposed to be in this together, are now fighting each other. And in the middle of this intense fight scene, Loki like shouts out to her, Maybe he's lying. Maybe he's not, but the cost of getting this wrong is too great. And Sylvie says, fine, do it. Kill me. Take your throne. And Loki's like, no, it's not, it's not what he wants. And the fight recommences, and Sylvie gets a quick upper hand and runs right at he who remains. And it almost is like a 300 moment where we get a slow motion scene where she's got the sword like cocked up ready to strike and kill him. And then Loki magics himself in front of her. He uses that little quick teleportation skill that we were talking about. Magics himself in front of him. And before she was able to strike, and it ends up getting up to his neck. And he kind of puts his hands up. And he even drops his own weapon to show, hey, I'm not trying to beat you. I'm trying to reason with you. So Loki tries to get her to calm down and says, I've been where you are. I've felt what you feel. Don't ask me how I know. All I know is I don't want to hurt you. I don't want a throne. I just just want you to be okay. Then Sylvie drops her sword and they kiss passionately for like a quick three to five seconds. And she kind of turns around, pulls away. And after a moment, she says, but I'm not you. And she opens up a portal with the time warper that was on he who remains desk that he took off and shoves Loki through it. Loki and so now Loki fell into this other room and the portal door is still open and so he tries to run at it before it closes but he's too late the portal door closes and that leaves he who remains alone with Sylvie but he who remains seemingly still finds the situation really funny he's like <laughs> laughing this entire time he's got like some sort of like mental illness or something I don't know but uh mental uh, illness I think he's like, just a uh doesn't give a fuck <laughs> yeah what it is. I, yeah i don't know you're probably right like he's just a crackpot old fool like laughing at the whole thing he's, he's not taking anything seriously even as sylvie asks him if he's gonna beg for his life or not and uh he what do you say he's like i could could <laughs> but he's like, <laughs> like anyway but uh, sylvie ends up stabbing he remains through the chest with her sword and even in death he who remains stays laughing and his last words to sylvie he says I'll see you soon with a wink. And then all of a sudden he dies in that chair and we see outside the castle that the sacred timeline is branching off in all different directions. 
and the scene cuts back to the TVA where Mobius and B-15 are watching the monitor screen of the sacred timeline and how erratically it's branching off in all the different directions. And if you noticed it, where there's two red lines above and below, the branches are going way past the red lines, which is supposed to be where they can no longer reset. So they're like, this is it. Like, this is the new thing. The multiverse is, is back in full effect. Um, so now we have got where it says, uh, when they're looking at that screen, Mobius tells B-15, he says, no turning back now. B-15 replies, who said anything about turning back? Mobius takes a pause for a second and says, for all time. B-15 says, always. And then the scene cuts back to our Loki. And you can see the hurt in his face because he feels betrayed. Like, he really put it all out there for this girl, Sylvie. The very first time he's ever, you know, done that for anyone. And, like, what happens? He gets screwed over. So he starts running through the TVA. And he finally runs into B-15 and Mobius and tells them that it's done. That they can't stop the branching because they freed the timeline. Loki tells them that what happened... He, she tries to tell me what happened and how they found he who remains at the Citadel at the end of time. And this is, like, the quote he says in this moment. Loki says, He's terrifying. He planned everything. He's seen everything. He knows everything. It's complicated, okay? But someone is coming. Countless versions of a very dangerous person. And they're all set on war. We need to prepare. And Mobius says, Oh, whoa, t- take it easy. Y- you're an analyst, right? What-, what division are you from? Who are you? What- what's your name? Something's all wrong here, guys. Because Mobius doesn't know who, who Loki is. So... Neither does B fifteen. They're thinking he's just an over anxious, like like an anxiety riven, like worried, like he analyst that works at the TV. It's just someone there that works there. So Loki looks off to the side, and if you guys remember, all throughout the TVA, throughout this series, especially in the first couple episodes, we consistently saw a bunch of statues of what they called the timekeepers. That you know Loki joked were like the lizard people. But Loki looks off to the side, and instead of seeing the statues of the timekeepers like there were all around the TVA before, he sees a statue of He Who Remains. And that's the end of episode, and the end of the season was just the last setting image of He Who Remains and a stone statue. And that is, yeah. Crushed that. Crushed (laughs) it. That was great, man. You nailed it. Um I did like this one little quote he said as Sylvia was uh, debating with Loki like about <laughs> about he who remains taking control of people's lives and he goes, grow up! Grow up, Sylvie! We're all villains here. Murderer! Hypocrite! We've all done horrible, terrible, horrific things. But now we have a chance to do them for good reason. <laughs> and I love that quote. It <laughs> was great. But um, no, man, you crushed it. That was awesome. Uh, sparks a lot of debates on where the Marvel Universe is going now. So uh, do you want to tell them what this person's name is? Hint, hinting well, that conqueror that he hinted at? Uh, sure thing. And the thing is, it's not, it's just a variation of He Who Remains. But it has been confirmed that Kang the Conqueror is a variation of He Who Remains. Meaning, 
now that he remains is dead and multiversal war is upon us once again we are going to have king the conqueror come through and shit's about to get real that's, yeah. that's what I'll say. <laughs> let's go let's go let's go baby Dude, i'm saying stoked i think that was great uh talk about a little bit of the takeaways you had from this episode and i'll talk about mine and then we'll jump into our debates yeah i mean this was the big climax episode man this is the one that the big one where everything's answered so we find out who's behind it all uh which of course is he who remains um you know we uh get i mean really that's what the big thing is about is we find out like who's behind this whole deal um another thing i really like that was uh so funny was he said he remains said you're a flea on the back of a dragon and just hung on for the ride i guess that counts for something <laughs> it shows how like how big this guy is like the controller of you know basically everything at the end of time like knows every move they're making every step of the way um you know it, it goes to show that you know i guess i can't say too much for ravona i mean i guess she was really wanting to know who is at the end but really from this point now we're at this point where the version so i guess maybe it's king the conqueror or whatever variant it is of he who remains has taken over like this area of the tva this entire planet's already been taken over by the time he's back so now we start to wonder you know what else has he taken over what else is going on from there what happens from this point in the marvel universe like i mean is he i'm assuming gonna be the next big bad but like where does it start from here like so many questions answered from this uh but also so many questions can be created from this so that's really what i got from this i was really surprised the first time i watched it that this is the route they went but i'm so satisfied with it because i'm so sick of people talking about celestials it really gets on my damn nerves so <laughs> back to you man what about you yeah my takeaways were that number one it was the most fulfilling episode of the series that tied everything together but like you said like answer a lot of questions but really a lot of questions now remain too you know one of the biggest questions i have is what did what did he who remains uh, give to miss minutes to give to ravona in those files We've got no idea. So these files, he said, these might be more useful than like the creation of the TVA and beginning of time. So what were those files? What did she learn? And then on top of that, where did she go? She just went to a portal and disappeared. And we didn't see it through the rest of the episode. It's like, I'm like, I don't know where the, like this is going. And maybe she's going to come up and play a really big role later on and you go from there. But there's so many things that, that happened here. We, we had this this maniacal guy who's the, the, the I like to say the, the puppet master behind it all he didn't have a care in the world whether he lived whether he died uh, he was he was not the villain that you would expect you know what I mean like usually it's them having to overcome someone who's more powerful than them and you know find a way to like work together and figure it out but that wasn't the case here this was this went in such a different direction and it's what made it super interesting 
This guy gave them everything. He said, hey, you can take over the TVA. You can kill me. I'm taking all my weapons off. Here, I'll put it right here at the table. You guys decide. Like, we've never seen anyone do that. Like, that's crazy. It was such a unique uh, way to to really um, to end uh, a season and with, with, like, a final conflict or a final confrontation. We've never seen anything like that. So I thought that was really cool. Um, you know, the, the what's going to come here now that the sacred timeline has branched off into all those different multiverses that, that he remains took so much time to flow into a sacred timeline. We don't know where that's going to go. That's something that is a question to be had for later on. And on top of that, how did the TVA flip flop from, you know, the one we knew with Mobius and B-15 who knew Loki to like where it ended up in them not knowing Loki and you know they get how they went from the one that has the timekeeper statues to statues of who we can assume might be king the conqueror this is it's almost it was instantaneous and it was very strange and you know I, I, there were so many great moments in it so many like one liners you saw you know I, I always get in chase about um, writing down dialogue because it sometimes it takes up unnecessary time but I wrote I, I took a ton of dialogue myself in that one just because it was so important of what they were saying and how <laughs> it ties into the, sh- the shit gonna happen in the future that we've been talking about so uh, overall my takeaways is, is they, they introduce something new like a, a new like type of villain who could also be considered a good guy like usually you would have an idea like if someone for sure is bad or is for sure good or at least in that setting in that specific you know film or episode you'll know who's good or bad like and, but this one i couldn't tell if he remains was good or bad because like if he's right he was kind of doing a good thing by stopping all out chaos but you know if he was wrong he was just being the guy in control behind everything because he wanted power and it's like I don't know. I don't know which one's the right answer. So it's one of those things that kept you guessing. Um, it it had like betrayal in it, like a regular good series does with Sylvie, you know, pushing Loki through the portal. And now, you know, is he gonna backtrack and fall back on his old like ways because he can't trust anyone? He was he was coming along so well, but then he finally fell for someone and they they kind of stabbed him in the back a little bit. Like, is like is he gonna revert to his old past self? You know, is is Sylvie like what's she gonna do now that she's you know finally killed the person behind everything? You know, where to surf it? Like, you know, this just it it did bring up a lot of questions, but it tied in so well with everything that we have seen to this point and really explains a lot of how things can come to pass later on with the future productions of Marvel coming out. So those are those are my takeaways of it. Let's go ahead and, and jump into our debates. I'll let you kind of start us off today. Yeah, one thing I wanted to say too, he kind of reminded me of Dr. Robert Ford. Like when he said, the piano doesn't murder the player. <laughs> like it was a lot like that. It was badass, man. But yeah, uh, so debates, I got three of them. Uh, one of them isn't quite that serious. It's not that important, but it's the fact of like this show, even though we were. Wait, did you say it's not that serious? Yeah, it's you, not that serious. We want to know something that is serious? Yeah. This tipsy gypsy card oh, I'm shit. playing on your no! ass! No! No! <laughs> oh, you're a terrible person. I thought I was going to escape. I almost escaped. There is no her. escape. Almost escape. Please read the card to remind the audience how terrible of a person you are. 
right. You know what? No, I'm going to wait to read the card so when you're drinking, so that way the people have something to listen to while you take eight years to finish your full bottle here. So uh, go ahead. i got to open another one, too, because I was getting the end of that one. Oh, By yeah. the way, so everyone can know, shout out to my um, buddy, Michael. His, uh, he's a big fan of our show. He's uh, one of my best friends since I was a little kid. So, um, you know, he's my home best friend. We're Jay Nelly. You know, we grew up in college, and now he's my best friend now. Uh, but he, in honor of our show here, he bought me this dragon head for our wine for when I get hit with that fucking card. <laughs> so, uh, shout out for that. Now we get to see wine come out of a dragon head. So, I hope you're happy you do this to me. I, I, it was happy. I couldn't let you slide, man. Everything was getting you. You were going on a, too good of a flow. I had to had to shake things up a little bit. So, and then I said, "Oh, that's not serious." Well, I'll show you something serious. Dude, I'll give I you the tips. I ran out. I ran out. I might not have to fill it to the top. Oh, oh, wait right. a second. Those but, are the rules. So, because those are the rules, I, in the words of Ramsey Bolton, I did buy another. In the words of Thor. Another! <laughs> another! I have another bottle here because Uncle Nelly wants to. Uncle Nelly. Uncle Nelly. Just Well, I think you deserved it. You know, uh, if you guys remember, for. Uh, obviously, we took a little bit of a break from playing the cards. Not intentionally. We were just so excited about the, the past two weeks of the, the uh, contents we were discussing that we almost kind of forgot to play the, the card. But before that. Chase had played it on me back-to-back <laughs> weeks, and I didn't even play it on him at either of those times. So I decided, you know, in the words of Justin Timberlake, what comes around goes around goes around. Don't go away, back around. So I'm going to have you fill that up, and I'll go ahead and read the details of the Tipsy Gypsy card for the people who are joining us for the first time today. Uh, for the people who have been following us all along here through Season 2, you'll know exactly what's about to happen, and you will get a good kick out of it. So I'll let uh, Chase fill it's up that board there. Uh, Ragnarok cup, because you're about to bring Ragnarok on this podcast. <laughs> oh, I haven't even read my questions yet. Yeah, and you're not, <laughs> and you're not going to until you finish that, that drink, my man. So that's the whole point. <laughs> okay, okay, that's to the brim there. I think that's good. That's all. Uh, that's what we like to see. So now I'm going to go ahead and give you a countdown to start chugging that. And as I'm getting the countdown, I'm going to read off the details of the Tipsy Gypsy card for the new viewers Take and my new listeners. Off. Make sure I don't. <laughs> don't knock anything down as I down this. Okay, well, I'm not looking forward so, to this. But it's fine, because you're going to do it anyways. Starting in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. So, the Tipsy Gypsy card. You may play the Tipsy Gypsy card at any time during the podcast. The podcast host who plays the Tipsy Gypsy card forces the other host to pour a full drink and then rapidly consume the entire beverage before answering a current topic of debate. Each host may only play the Tipsy Gypsy card once per podcast episode. And that is the details of the Tipsy Gypsy card, and it is an attack card. 
the power level is over 9,000 and there is zero defense because there is no way to defend it when it gets played the other host has to take it down and so I just toss that over there and we're gonna kinda encourage Chase along while he finishes the rest of that my man so go ahead and see that drink away see that drink away all the way see that drink away see that drink away all the way see that drink away see that drink away are we waiting why are we waiting in five four three two one just kidding he's still drinking it but he's taking his good old time we'll go ahead and uh We'll give him a little round of a baby applause here. Good job, Chase. But uh, this is not Chase's strong suit. I will, I will defend Chase in this. Uh, he can take a lot of alcohol over an extended period of time. He's very, very good at keeping up in that fashion. But when it comes to, uh, to chugging or taking anything fast, uh, it's, it's not necessarily his strong suit. <laughs> uh, we would go to Halloween Horror Nights. And we would do some Irish car bomb shots, and we would kind of race every single time, and we let Chase take his time on it. So I know that this isn't the uh, most fun that he has doing this, but I'm glad that we get to hit him with the card because he hit me with it twice on back-to-back -back episodes. So that being said there, I think he's just about finished up with it. Let's hope he doesn't throw up. <laughs> And then we'll get right into the debates that we have. So, uh, yeah, I think I, I think I see it. There it is. There it is. Finish it up. There we go. Day's <laughs> done. Oh dear lord. Oh, jeez, that oh, had to have been word. three minutes. Oh, uh, spilled it on me. <laughs> spilled it on me. Oh man. Uh, how we, how are we feeling? Jeans. <laughs> Ooh, dear lord. Oh. Mm. How are we feeling? Uh, oh, 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 man. I'm feeling a little interesting now. Okay. Let's start on question one. <laughs> oh, got to put my glasses on so I can see. Yeah, By the way, explain how tall this cup is. I don't think people yeah. understand. Yeah, it's about the size of like a, a, a turbis there. So I got to <sighs> assume... I don't know, maybe 32 ounces in total, something like that. It's pretty big. Oh, it, it's quite sizable, yeah. so it's um, oh, definitely man. it definitely Ew. takes a minute to get through. So Ragnarok is coming. Yeah. <laughs> Ragnarok is coming. Okay, first question here. <sighs> you do this to me. <laughs> okay, so uh, what I would like to say. <laughs> Man, that just hit so fast. It's so fast. So, one thing I really liked about this Loki series is how quickly we were able to develop an attachment for the characters here. For instance, Mobius, you know, really quickly, I felt within the next, within like a couple episodes, we felt like we were really growing you know emotionally strong to him like you know we really enjoyed his presence in the show um didn't want anything to happen to him that's why it was kind of so shocking when you know we thought he was killed the first time 
or for instance old loki you know where he did everything he could to save them and then you know was killed in the process and it was kind of emotional for us as audience members and we were attached to that why do you think they did so well with this and then eternals <laughs> two hours of a movie and we were like okay whatever <laughs> like who gives a shit you're dead i didn't care for you at all loki did so well as making a connection to audience members to where we care about these characters versus like eternals they were just there like i didn't know shit about them whereas even with loki within two episodes old man loki i was i was like i wasn't super sad but i felt more connected to him than any of the eternals i ever did so well, what's your thought on that debate one uh so to answer that, let's start with the old Loki part of it and how he was only in there for two episodes about how he drew some sort of connection is because we know what the nature of Loki is. So the answer is very, very simple. It's the fact that they built up Loki's reputation through other Marvel works. Like, we've known about Loki the whole time. Whether you liked him or you didn't like him, he was a bad guy in Avengers. Uh, he, like, you know, he, he was kind of helpful in, in Ragnarok. Like, you know, but like, he, like you've, you've seen Loki grow over time. So you have, you, there's been, I don't know, how many movies has he been in? He's been in Infinity War. He was in uh, regular, the first Avengers. He was in the Thor, Dark World, Thor, Ragnarok. He, he's been in, like, uh, my point being, he's been in at least five Marvel works already. Meaning, whether you love him or hate him, you already knew of him and had some sort of connection to, like, his character and who he was as a person. And so, even with this old Loki, it was so uh, moving in this moment that he sacrificed himself because that's not the nature of what Loki does or any variation of Loki. He's supposed to be the god of mischief. And so, the fact that he took he he went ahead and went against his true nature to do the right thing for once, it was like, whoa, we're not expecting this from Loki. So that's why it was so much better. Like the problem with Eternals is they threw it all into one film. There's no backstory to anybody. There's no getting to know characters over a period of time and knowing what makes them tick, the good about them, the bad about them. You know why they think the way they think. Why you know their what what their motivations are. With Loki, we've known because we've got to see him over years of time. Remember, the Avengers came out in 2012. It's been about 10 years. Like we're about to get into 2022, so we we've got to know Loki over ten years, where we got thrown Eternals in one film, ten of them to follow over right. seven thousand years in two hours. So that's why even something so simple as old Loki uh, dying on screen was more of a factor than us caring about any of the Eternals, because he went against his true nature, and we know his true nature because he's been in a bunch of works that we got to follow over the years. That's my answer. What about you? Yeah, I got to agree. Um, I mean, as far as like part one there versus Mobius. Yeah, I mean, we've grown with him literally for 10 years, just like you said. Um, I feel like Eternals really messed up because even though they can't capitalize on something like that, because we don't know what Eternals are really up until this point with this movie or like what they what they like encompass right um still this goes into 
where you were saying like you have to do something that involves going against character or something that is out of the ordinary or find a creative way in order to do something that reflects positively with audiences to really show off character and you have to do that quick in the beginning if you're especially if you're going to do this in one single film and out of 10 people you failed to do that with every single one whereas with old loki and i would argue this goes in my second part which i want to hear your take on it in mobius owen wilson right Owen Wilson, we've had almost like a, as followers of film and series, we've seen Owen Wilson through all these years. We know he's a big name. So we already kind of have a connection to him in the fact of they formed the connection with the audience on that by making him one of the first to every challenge, actually Loki for what he was as being just a normal guy. I don't think anyone that's a normal guy has really had the guts to step up to Loki himself. So especially when he was killed the first time. I mean, that's I feel not like, really true, right? Because Phil Colston stood up to Loki for who he was, and then Loki killed him back in the original Avengers. So I like, know he was just a regular fuck guy. Phil Colston was before Avengers, though. <laughs> that's kind of my point there. Who the fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, right. no offense, but I had no idea who he was. But that's kind of my point, was you had a big name, but you were able to make him connect with the audience in a very specific way very quickly, which they could have done in Eternals. They just failed to capitalize on it. Cool. Thoughts? What's your second What's your second debate? No, I, 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 I think as we went around the, the circle saying the same thing, right? end of the day you didn't we didn't draw a connection to eternals we did with <laughs> we did with them because they didn't have, there was no backstory there was no you know thing that we like followed along for an extended period of time so i think we said the same thing and just in different ways so <laughs> let's go ahead and and jump into the next debate what you have there. all right okay let's go number two number two number two so where do you think this is going involving these characters king the conqueror also known not referring to he who 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 is in existence or he who's named whatever he is <laughs> what's his name i can't remember i'm so fucked up he who remains <laughs> sorry my bad <laughs> anyways king the boy king the boy king he was a warrior <laughs> anyways king the conqueror mobius loki and sylvie where do you see them going in the Marvel future from here? So I, I think that Kang the Conqueror is going to be the next quote-unquote Thanos. Like it's going to be the next one that they've got to kind of team up with at not the, not the crazy extensive level that I think it's going to end up being later on down the road. But like, like I think he's going to be the next step up from Thanos. Like it's going to be harder for him because he's got access to warping time and yeah, he's he's known as yeah. If you guys have been reading any sort of comics at all growing up or just know anything about marvel history king the conqueror is uh he's he's gonna be a fun one to take down it's gonna it's gonna take a lot but i think that's going to be where that goes there um in terms of where loki and tilly fit back in uh 
I I might have an idea that Sylvia just runs off for a little bit. Like, I don't know if she goes to... Yeah, because I have a feeling that Loki's probably going to go... Well, it depends on what happens with this TVA situation, because he's in this weird TVA thing where people don't recognize him now, so is he going to be allowed to leave? Will he leave? Like, will he try to fix stuff there? It, it, there's a lot of questions there. I, I, I think that eventually what's going to happen is Loki's going to make his way to Earth, um and reunite with everybody after especially after thor thought like he was finally dead this time um that's what he said like when thanos broke his neck he's like i think this time he actually is um but i think he'll reunite and like kind of be the one to warn him almost like how bruce banner got like uh portal shifted down to earth from asgard and and he tells uh tony and like um dr strange that uh thanos is coming i think it's gonna be something similar to that the loki's gonna somehow escape or make his way to earth and you know be the one to tell the avengers or thor or whoever it may be at the time that uh king the conqueror is coming i think possibly sylvie is going to kind of almost pull a captain marvel and just go live like not because captain marvel is doing work and like kind of you know trying to make other places that don't have avengers like better places to live and you know eradicate evil that way but i think that she's just kind of go off on her own for a little bit she'll probably make a a reappearance eventually but i think that she's been on the run for so long and hasn't been able to live a life without being pursued by the tva that she's going to take advantage of just being able to live as herself for a little bit and then in terms of mobius uh i think his part is going to be really stuck on the tva until you know i, I guess i i predict and this is just my own thoughts eventually before this whole loki series ends and before everything like Mobius will make his way to Earth and he will ride a jet ski. But I think the majority of what is coming next for him is going to be TBA related, um, you know, trying to fix things in that in that line of sense because we don't have any backstory on him from Earth or what he was doing on Earth before. Like if he had a family, if he didn't, what his job was, if he was involved in anything cool. So I think the majority of what we'll see from Mobius in the media future is just going to be more TBA related and you know how to either take it down and get the people to overthrow. Or you know, be the rallying points, or whatever it may be. That that's my thought on those four characters. Uh, what are yours? Yeah, no, I I think I think you're right on all ends, really. Um, I would say, I mean, it's tough to say because, and not going back to Eternals or anything on this, but it's tough to say how they're gonna tie in King the Conqueror to all this celestial crap that they decided to throw in there but i do feel like king the conqueror is going to be the next big bad i want to know how he took over the area of the tva how that variant did that um as far as mobius and loki right you know what would be awesome and i can't like i don't have any verification or anything on this there isn't anything on this i just think it would be an awesome ending like in Thor the Dark World, you know, they're trying to have like him team up with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Just like after uh, Endgame happened, he went off with Star-Lord and those guys. So they're going to have him take on uh, who is actually, you know, Christian Bale is playing Gore, which goes into the Ebony Blade and stuff, which goes back to like Eternals with, um, you know, Kit Harrington. But it would be sick to see at the very end like a cameo like all of a sudden loki and mobius just like show up like at the very end like the last scene 
Like the last scene after the credits, credits is just Loki and Mobius <laughs> show up out of nowhere, and Thor's like, "What the fuck, dude? Like I thought you were dead." Like I would love to see that going places. Um, I honestly don't know. Like this is something I have no answer for because I feel like Kang. It's almost like he can't be beaten. Like, how do you beat someone that can control time and has unlimited variants? Like, we were dealing with Iron Man was, like, our hero of our generation. But he was just a billionaire playboy philanthropist that invented this suit. How do you stop someone that, like, stops time? Even Thor. It took everything he had to make Stormbreaker to just be able to compete on a level with Thanos and now you're having infinity stones in an office drawer. Like, how the fuck does this go anywhere? I don't know. I have no idea. I'm super excited for it. It couldn't be a better time to be a Marvel fan, honestly. Um, yeah, and uh, that's all my debates. But, uh, I mean, hopefully I would see Loki and Mobius go further into i guess exploring these variant universes to where they're gonna eventually tie into the avengers and king the conqueror and sylvie i will say this i would think it would be badass to see like a captain marvel sylvie movie like or something where like they're on their own mission like just going fucking rogue baby we're just going rogue killing everything <laughs> i guess they wouldn't kill anything but i guess saving worlds like we're gonna save worlds sorry but this is how you fucking do it right this is how you fucking do it where they fucked up making one eternals film here's how you do it yeah you, <laughs> you have sylvie and captain marvel go save the eternals in the Eternals world, or land, universe, whatever you call it, and they're like, oh, fuck, we need your help saving the Avengers. So then the Eternals fly back and transport themselves with Sylvie and Captain Marvel back to Earth and attack King the Conqueror. And that's how you do it, baby! Boom goes the dynamite. The Deviants are like, what the fuck's going on? Because Sylvie just enchanted their ass to another realm, also known as the TVA, who sent them to the Void. They got ate by the Elioth. Let Uncle Chase direct the movie. I think anyone that just listened to that is dumber for having heard it. I award you zero <laughs> points and may God have mercy on your soul. Okay, Billy Madison. Fuck off! Fuck off! This is your tipsy gypsy fault. <laughs> anyway, it's fine. Okay, off to Jay Nelly himself. <laughs> uh, yeah, so my first question is uh, when Sylvie kind of dropped Loki through that portal to get him out of the room with her and he who remains, did she drop him into a different time area and a different version of the TVA or did the branching of the timeline after she killed he remains cause a change in the one singular TVA that we knew of and have been following so which one do you think it is and why wow that's good that's that's intense <laughs> that's intense intellectual thought because one would argue immediately that he was dropped into a different timeline based on when King the Conqueror took it over. However, he never left the room. So, and everything was the same until 
he who that remains, you know, gave her the choice. And we didn't see... So, in the episode, if you watch it, you'll see the timeline kind of, like, I guess, like, thunderous explodes, like, kind of, like, shatters and stuff. My opinion, I don't know this, but I would say because he tried to run back through the door, it wasn't changed yet. It was changed when she killed... Well, no, no. Damn, this is tough. Because you know why? He said he couldn't predict anything from that point. So I think she dropped... I changed it immediately, right on the fly. That never happens. Gotta think the wine, baby. Gotta think the white Ziffindel because Walgreens was out of the peanut grigio. Peanuts, and I'm allergic to peanuts. Try not to kill me. <laughs> Anyways. Um... Yeah, I would say she dropped him into a different timeline because of that reason. Because he gave her a choice, however said, he couldn't predict it from that point. So I would say it was already changed at that point from the point the timeline started like exploding or whatever was going on. And when she dropped him through that door, he was being dropped into a different timeline because he who that remains could not predict it from that point. What's your thoughts? I think I have the same answer as you, but I have a different explanation. I also think that it was dropped into a different timeline, just simply because at the end of the episode before, like Loki ran out of that room and went looking for Mobius. Remember, Mobius and B fifteen, they were who they were. They're like, hey, like, like, who said like this? We don't. There's no going back. And she said, well, who said anything about going back? And they said that that little famous line, like. Um, was it uh, something like for now, for always, or something like that? Regardless, whatever the hell it was said. Um, so they were for all who they time always. Yeah, there it is. I got it on the visual here. There it <laughs> is. It. Yeah, mm-hmm. for all time always. So they were themselves in that moment, and it wasn't very much longer where Loki was running out trying to find them. So I'm thinking that there is there he is in another variation of the TVA because we didn't see anything happen to Mobius or B15. We didn't see them like get taken by a big white light or a big flash bang or anything like that. Like they were they were who they were minutes before Loki was running around and came into contact with Mobius and B15 who don't recognize Loki. So, I think they're in another version of the TVA, especially because, you know, when he looked around, what do you see? Statues of, you know, who we assume is King the Conqueror instead of like the the, the timekeeper. So, it it could be either one, honestly. It really could be like the fact that the, she changed the timeline so much by killing him that it ended up, you know, fucking up the one singular TVA so bad, uh, you know. But I know that's just my thought. It is a really hard question. I don't know uh, the real answer to it. I'm just giving my my opinion on the debate that maybe he got dropped into a different timeline, um, and you know. But the, I guess the flip side of that is maybe they're because they, there's only supposed to be one tva but if there's multiple realities now because it started branching off since he wasn't controlling anymore it's very possible it could be a separate timeline tva you know that's i think that's that's my answer then that's what i'm going with. i'm sticking with it i think that he was dropped into a different timeline tva not the one that we followed through the series so uh that's part one of that debate and well, I guess that is that one debate. And I'll sit, give you my second debate here. <laughs> my word. And Ooh, yeah. <laughs> my second debate here before we close out for the day is 
can we is it simple can we simply say and is it is it fair or is it unfair of us to say that sylvie is the cause of the multiversal war to come like she went ahead and killed him which caused all the branches in the time like, like the sacred timeline is now not no longer a thing because the creator of it was killed so if she doesn't do that and you know she follows loki's advice and they potentially work together to you know take control of it you know maybe this new multiversal war never happens so is it all like everything that's about to come in the marvel universe can we pinpoint it to that moment where sylvie killed he who remains is it her fault this is a tough question to answer because wow i mean because intellectually you have to ask yourself would this have happened anyways but yes yeah it's absolutely her fault um it's hard to predict whether or not she would have always made this choice though whether or not there are multiple instances where she wouldn't have made this choice but which sparks the argument whether he who remains actually knew whether or not she was going to kill him even though she he said he couldn't see beyond that point i think he might have had a prediction that he could i would say she is absolutely to blame here's uh one thing that is interesting what would be awesome to see what if we saw like an eddard stark moment with the avengers where they were determining sylvie's fate because she caused this on the earth that would be tough think about it almost like a, a thanos instant remember where he aimed for aimed for the head and rocket said what did you do however that was after the fact this is before so what have you ever had an instance with the avengers where they were trying to determine her fate once she got to earth or asgard that's wild uh, what do you think i don't know i don't know if they, that'd be kind of cool i guess but then she would we'd have to kind of recognize their authority over her which i don't think we can because she's been around much longer than them um so i don't think that that i mean that'd be cool uh, maybe if you're right like if you're right on that, that that'd be sweet i just don't see it as a realistic um string of events to come but my answer to that debate in question two is it really is kind of hard because the you said it perfectly does this still happen if she doesn't kill him and we don't know but you know, it was it was stuck between a rock and a hard place because if she doesn't kill him they just go along with the TVA and full control of everybody's life. And, you know, we only know one singular path and timeline because that's the path that this guy set us on. Meaning, like, uh, but like, who's to say uh, we don't really know he who remains nature, if he's an actual good guy or an actual villain. Because who knows later down the road, maybe he decides he wants to come out with, like, you know, they take over more than just the TVA and, you know, make a multiversal war on his own. Like, you know, he ends up, like, unspooling the sacred timeline on his own like it's just there's so many variables uh it's it's hard to say but well well we know for sure that the multiversal war is it is a direct consequence of her action of stabbing him that's what we can say now whether it would have happened regardless that's that's another debate i've got no idea but she was given two terrible options and she called his bluff thinking that it was a lie that you know everything he said wasn't true and it ends up being that he wasn't lying so 
at fault is such is a tough term, but her actions are a direct correlation of the events that are going to come. And if she doesn't make that choice, we probably don't have the multiversal war happening anytime soon. So that's that's my thought on it. But yeah, I guess that kind of closes this up for the day. And I mean, it's it's so cool being able to kind of go through these episodes fairly quickly discussing our thoughts on them debates it's really exciting to do things like that and and finish off fairly quickly where you know we talked about last year we would kind of stay on a lot of arcs for a long times now don't get us wrong we are going to get back to long arcs for specific productions that we do that that require it but for these disney plus series we can kind of knock it out pretty quickly and and stay we do a great job of you know pulling in current works and also tying in like classic fantasy fiction franchises and that's what i love about it and on top of that is mixing up between books films and tv series it's such a it's, it's a, such a medley of things that we can do and i'm just really happy that this is the way it's turned out it's it's allowed us to kind of move along the process a lot faster more efficiently the more that we've grown so i'm happy with the fact that we we're able to kind of put this all together in the way that we have been able to to this point and so with that being said guys you know that kind of closes us out here for today with our the, the entirety of loki you know two weeks ago we started off with episode one and two last week we gave you three and four today we closed out with five and six and we're done with loki already you know we're gonna this jump into some yeah right we're gonna jump into something new next week it's not gonna be exactly what you guys think it's going to be but it's gonna be very closely related i'll give you guys that little bit of a uh, nugget of information so um, with that being said, though, guys, uh, always go back to, you know, the ending that we always do here at the conclusion of our episodes uh, for the newer viewers that are just joining us today. And, you know, just a reminder for the ones that have been on for a while, if you haven't done so already, go ahead and cast a spell on that subscribe button. Hit the like. Go ahead and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Comment on all of our social media, including the YouTube, the Instagram, Facebook the Twitter, whatever you want, wherever we're, guys. So you can find us on, on those social media sites at Official Ridiculous Patronus on Instagram, at Ridiculous Patronus on TikTok, uh, RP Factor Fantasy on Twitter, RP Factor Fantasy on Snapchat. Uh, we have Chase and Josh Factor Fantasy on Facebook. We have RidiculousPatronus.blogspot.com for our personal website. And you guys can follow us along at any of those platforms as well as if you are looking on where to listen to us specifically outside of just following us along on the social sites we do have our podcast listed on every platform that you can find that you listen to your podcasts on so that go ahead and take a listen if you're an apple user on itunes or apple Podcasts. whereas if you are an android user we've got we're on google play amazon music audible Spotify, iHeartRadio, <laughs> Podbean, our host site. We got some weird, like obscure ones that have come through recently that we didn't even know we were on that we saw on some sites here uh, in different <laughs> countries. So, yeah, you know, where, wherever, like the, the big point is at the end of this is wherever you get your podcast, you'll find Chase and Josh Factor Fantasy. But you know, outside of that, that kind of buttons up everything today. It's been an absolute pleasure bringing you Loki. Uh, season one we're looking forward to picking it back up you know whenever they decide to bring around season two and we do know for a fact season two is confirmed because at the end credit scenes of this it says that it has a big stamp on the envelope and it says uh, loki will return in season two so we know that there is going to be a season two coming which is great 
So we're looking forward to uh, whenever that comes around, we'll pick it right back up. But not today, because we finished up today. With that being said, you know, this has been another ridiculous production. Chase and Josh. Factor Fantasy. Signing, Signing off. off.